there's a question that um, I love to ask. Have you ever felt like giving up at something? Can you put your hand up? Have you ever felt like giving up on something? Mostly this side. These guys are quite confident over here. Um, maybe, maybe homework. Homework, right? It's just, it's just too hard. It's too difficult. And you just, you just want to give up. Or maybe like my sister-in-law, B, who ran the London Marathon just a, two or three weeks ago, she didn't give up, but I can imagine halfway through, the legs were getting a bit tired, it was a bit hot, she wanted to sit down on the side of the road. She didn't, she kept on going. But it's easy to want to give up on things, isn't it? And do you know what? Even Christians sometimes feel like giving up. Giving up living for Jesus and giving up telling people about Jesus. Because sometimes Christians will be a bit disliked, not very popular, can be quite hard and we'll feel a bit weak and do you know what even even the apostle paul the the reading we just heard he he wrote that he wrote some of the bible okay even he felt like that like giving up sometimes but do you know what he said in verse one of the bear he said this we we don't give up don't give up why could he say this he wanted to keep going. Well, this is what he says in the rest of verse 1. God, with his mercy, gave us this work to do, so we don't give up. He gave us this work. But what is the work? What's the work that he needs to do? Was well, the work of, of sharing the gospel, the good news about Jesus. That's the work that he was involved with. And actually, Paul's been telling the adults, as we've been studying this book, all about this message about Jesus. Do you know, it's the best news in the world. It's better than a year at Disneyland. It's better than 10 years free supply of sweets. This message about Jesus brings hope. Brings hope that we can be friends with God, that we can be free, that we can have power to change in our lives. And Paul says that even when we're tempted, when we might want to give up, we don't give up. We carry on going because it's an amazing work to be involved with. Now, I need a volunteer. I wonder if there's someone that was a quick hand. Do you want to come up and see if you can see something in this box? Can you lean over the side? Can you see anything in there? Can you whisper that to me? It's gold. It's gold in here. Should we sit down there? Thank you very much. It's gold, and it was gold. Look at that, 999.9 fine gold, courtesy of Amazon Prime, one day delivery. Thank you very much. So it's gold here. And, and if you had this, if this belonged to you, oh, it would be really precious, wouldn't it? You would really want to look after it. And it's a bit like that with Jesus. Jesus, the message about it, it's so precious. We've found someone, some, not something, but someone who is so precious that actually we want to share him. We want to hold him out so others can see how wonderful Jesus is. And like, uh, and Paul, who's, who's writing this, he shows us three things that we really, really need to know as we share the message, as we share Jesus with others, three things we need to hold on to, okay? You ready? Three things? And we've got action, so we might remember them. One, don't mess with the message. Can you do that? Don't mess with the message. Verse two should come up on the screen. It says this. But we have turned away from secret and shameful ways. We use no trickery and we do not change the teaching of God. See, sometimes no one seems to listen to us when we talk about Jesus. 
Um, sometimes nobody new comes into church. Sometimes people might laugh at us as we tell them about Jesus at school. And when those things happen, it, it's really tempting to want to change the message that we share, to change it a little bit. And Paul says some people were doing that. They, they were using tricks, tricks to do that, and they were changing the message about Jesus. And what does Paul say? No, 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 no. Don't mess with the message. Imagine my bar of gold again. You show me the bar of gold that was in there. The bar of gold. Imagine if I was showing this to everyone and, and no one cared. You just went, yes, your bar of gold from Amazon Prime. No, no one cared about it. I might be tempted to think, okay, do you know what I could do? I could, I could add something on to the message. Maybe, maybe I'll add, yeah, I might add my own bits. And, oh, I'll add another one of those. I think that was quite, that was quite good. So I've got the gold, but, but then I've got my, does that look better? Maybe people might, not sure. Or maybe I'll say to people, look, if you have this gold, you'll never have any problems ever. Your life will be perfect if you have this gold. Paul says, no, don't mess with the message. Don't change it. But verse 2, he says, we teach the truth about Jesus plainly. We teach it plainly. See, guys, we've got an amazing message about Jesus. Jesus is amazing. He's so precious. We don't need to add anything on to Jesus. We don't need to, to change it at all. All we need to do is just show people, hold out the truth plainly so people can see Jesus. But you might be thinking, all right, Nathan, but if Jesus is so amazing, why isn't everyone a Christian? Why doesn't everyone follow him? And that's the second thing that we need to know is this, don't be blind, can you do that? Don't be blind to Satan's blinding. Okay, that's what it tells us. Don't be blind to Satan's blinding. Verse 3 says this. The devil who rules this world has blinded the minds of those who do not believe. They cannot see the light of the good news, the good news about the glory of Christ, who is exactly like God. Why isn't everyone a Christian? Well, this says Satan, that's the devil. The Bible's real about him. It says that he's blinded some people so that they can't see how, how great Jesus is. You can, you can see this gold, can't you? If I put it here, can everyone see it? Yeah, you see the gold still? If I was to, this is clean by the way, if I was to go like this, can you see the gold anymore? No, you can't see the gold. And that's what Satan's doing. That's his work. He, he throws the cloth over so people can't see how, how brilliant Jesus is. I wonder if you've ever had anything that you're, you're really excited about. We went to Thomas Land, Thomas the Tank Engine Land last week. Mike is pretty excited about that. I was quite excited about it. And, and maybe you're telling someone else about it and their face is just, they don't care. Do you know what? I'm going to tell a secret about my wife, Charlotte. Charlotte has got a coin collection, okay? It's a collection of old coins and she is so excited about it. Ask her about it afterwards and she will be your best friend. But sometimes she gets the coin collection out and she, she tries to tell people about it and they just go... <laughs> and they have a blank face. And do you know what? Sometimes it's like that when we tell our friends and family about Jesus as well. A blank face. And it's quite a hard truth, to be honest with you, but 
This says we need to remember that Satan is at work blinding, throwing a cloth over so that people can't see how wonderful Jesus is. And so maybe we're quite tempted to give up, lose heart, if that's the case. Paul says no, we don't give up because, because the message of Jesus, well, that can open blind eyes. The Holy Spirit can do that. And so the third thing we're going to learn is this. This is the last one, okay, with me? Last one. Don't chat about us, but about Christ. Can we do that? Don't chat about us, but about Christ. Because Paul, right at the beginning of the Bible, he, he tells us that in the beginning, the world was in darkness. Oh, okay. The world was in... That wasn't me doing that, okay? But the world was in darkness. And what, do you remember what God said at the beginning? He said, let there be light. Yeah, that's what God said. Let there be light. And it did come back on. Thank you. And the message about Jesus, it, it will be the same when people hear about Jesus. For some people, it will be like the lights going on as they hear this wonderful, amazing message about Jesus. Some people, it will be like the lights going on. I wonder if you've ever been on holiday and um, you're staying in a different house. It's all a bit it's funny noises and it's all a bit different, isn't it? Maybe you're staying in a bedroom with, with blackout blinds or really thick curtains. And then someone opens them in the morning and suddenly the light just kind of hits you in the face. A beam of light. And that's Paul, Paul saying, that's what happens when people hear about Jesus. For some people, that will happen. And so Paul says, we do not preach about ourselves, but we preach that Jesus Christ is Lord's. It's, adults will know this a bit more. It's really boring, isn't it, when people only ever talk about themselves, okay? When we only ever talk about ourselves, it can get a bit boring. And Paul says, we, we don't chat or preach about ourselves. That would be boring. No, we preach and, and teach and chat about Jesus because the Holy Spirit can bring light, hope, and change. We preach Christ. Okay, so even if the... Even if the work of sharing Jesus, sometimes we've been learning, sometimes it'll be quite hard. Sometimes we'll look a bit weak. But actually the message is wonderfully powerful. How many of us know that? So can you remember the actions? Don't, what should we supposed to do? Don't mess with the message. That was the first one. Don't be blind to Satan's blinding. And don't chat about ourselves, but about Christ. And so maybe some of us go to summer camp uh, or are involved in rooted the new uh, teenage group that started it at trinity it'd be quite tempting to tell our friends and say look oh it's really awesome you should come along there's go-karting and, and popcorn and cinema and table tennis it's amazing and that's all we say but actually if we're going to be honest and not be tricky we'll, we'll say look there's go-karting table tennis. it's amazing and do you know what there's a there's a little talk about jesus actually each week and i quite enjoy it do you want you should come along we want to be honest. We don't want to be tricky with people. We want to tell them about Jesus. And actually for all of us, with uh, friends, maybe in the playground, or, or family, or school, as we talk about Jesus, as we do that, for some people, the, the lights will go on, and they go, wow, that sounds amazing. And other people will go, I don't care. We need to know that. And sometimes we'll want to to give up, a bit like the homework or a bit like the marathon. But we don't give up, we keep going because do you know what? Jesus is oh, he's so precious 
and we really, really want to share him with as many people as possible. Um, great. Well, we've got about 10 minutes now just to, to press home some of, those, some of those exact truths, really, that I was just speaking to the children about um, to us. Because actually all of us are involved in one way or another in this glorious new covenant ministry that we thought about last week and this week as well. It's something that we're all involved with, not just the staff team or the elders at church, but if you're involved with small groups or one-to-ones with people reading the Bible, or if you're a parent to a child, if you work, I know some people here for UCCF with students or cross-teach with children, or if you go to the pub with a co-worker and chat to them and try and chat about Jesus, actually all of us are involved in this ministry. We're involved in a work that last week we saw has the potential to bring about justification, that is that we can be made right with God that we can be made free, that we can have the power to be transformed through the work of the Holy Spirit. We're involved in a, in a work where people can be brought from blindness to light, from spiritual death to life. And as part of being involved in that work, these, these simple principles that I've just gone through with the actions, these methods, they need to be burned into our hearts. Because if they're not, we'll be sorely tempted to, to lose heart, to give up, as we've just been singing about in this glorious ministry. So these three things, I'm just going to go through the same things again, with a bit more detail maybe for us as adults. First of all, then, don't mess with the message. I don't know, um, a few years ago, did you see this car? Um, Volkswagen VW, um, they bought out an eco-friendly, environmentally friendly car called Clean Diesel. I need to look at what it says unstinky come standard they told us and people liked it actually 550,000 people liked the car that they bought it only awkward thing was it's not eco-friendly and the diesel certainly wasn't clean and for seven years apparently they've been cheating on emissions tests and they had to pay billions of pounds worth in fines and insurance payouts Pretty awkward if you were the person in charge of that particular bit of Volkswagen. I guess their, their business tactic was something along the lines of the ends, the sales, justify the means. And look, the, the gospel is not a diesel car. I'm not comparing it for a minute to a diesel car. But it's tempting to think the same with this kind of ministry we're involved with, that we need to, to edit or jazz up the message in one way or other to get the results. Paul says, no, that's shameful. The ends don't justify the means. I wonder the way that the language is used there. I wonder uh, the language Paul uses to describe uh, this kind of work. I wonder if this language reminds you of anyone. Deception. Distorting of the word of God. Isn't that just a heavy allusion to the serpent? Satan himself in the, in the Garden of Eden, deceiving, distorting. And Paul says, no, no don't, don't do that, don't be like that. See, we're not to mess with, with the gold, not to mess with the, the message. We're to get it straight and give it straight. You could put it like that. Get the message straight and give it straight. I um, saw on Twitter, actually, just this morning, someone had put something on there, a, a guy who's a Christian minister, 
And he wrote this, he said, I preached the gospel tonight, this is last night, people decided to follow Christ because the unfiltered, unapologetic, simple, stripped back gospel works. And he just put that on, put it on Twitter, I don't think he was showing off particularly. But he said, look, go back to basis, show Jesus as he is, and do you know what? Some people become Christians through that. Don't mess with the message. I, I think there's maybe two challenges for us here as a church. One, what, what element of the gospel message are we tempted to, to gloss over or to airbrush out? Maybe stuff about human sin and rebellion against God. Maybe hell or, or God's wrath. Or maybe the cost of following Jesus. We've been thinking about that, haven't we, in, in small groups what element are we tempted to sort of just gloss over a little bit or jazz up or just edit a little bit? I wonder the second challenge though is maybe just this. What, what criteria do we have to, for listening to a sermon? I don't know what you... I don't think anyone has a sort of clipboard. can't see any of that today as you're listening to a sermon. But, but is our main thing that I want it to be a sermon, if I'm going to go home, if it's engaging, if it's funny, if it's entertaining, if it's interesting, well, that's been a good one. Nice one, Jeremy. Nice one, Nathan. What about what Paul says, that the truth has been set forth plainly? But I don't mean that it should never be engaging or fun. Like, it should be. <laughs> but what's our primary way of, of listening? Is it that we want to hear the truth just, just plainly so we can hear it? Maybe a challenge. Second thing we saw, though, don't be blind to Satan's blinding. See, as, as we share the message um, of Jesus, it is tempting, isn't it, to lose heart. I feel that. Tempting to, to want to give up when we don't see results or we don't see success. And maybe we ask, am I doing it wrong? Is there something wrong with me? Is there something wrong with the, the message, maybe? No, Paul says, we've got to understand what Satan is up to. He, he's blinding. I wonder if you've ever been into maybe a one-to-one -one Bible study with someone who's not Christian or invited a colleague along maybe to a, a carol service at Christmas and, and the, the message about Jesus has just been preached with, with kind of laser-like clarity and passion and you turn to your friend afterwards and say, you know, how, how did you find it? And they, get, and they say, oh, it made me feel Christmassy or, yeah, it was fine. It's not that they're angry, it's just... And it can be pretty, uh, pretty frustrating, can't it? Or, or maybe a person who's loved Christianity Explored. They've, they've come along every single week. They've invited their friends to it, even though they're not a Christian. They're so excited about this course. And, uh, and then the course finishes and you, well, you just never hear from them again. It can be pretty galling. But Paul says we, we don't lose heart because we need to know that there's an unseen enemy. See, when we forget that Satan's involved in this work, we'll be tempted to change the message, won't we? Or maybe change the method in some way or another. So have you remembered that there is a devil and he's doing all he can to stop people coming to faith in Jesus Christ? I remember being involved a few years ago with um, uh, a week of um, talks at uh, London School of Economics uh, just down the road at their Christian Union. And there were some talks going on there been really great week and the kind of main big talk 
room, a lecture theatre packed full of Christians who weren't following Jesus but wanted to come and hear more about him. And the entire way through the talk, there was a drill downstairs in the classroom downstairs, you know, all the way through. And you could hardly make out and hear what, what was being said. As soon as the talk finished, the drilling stopped. And look, could that be Charlie? You might say whatever, but that seems to happen quite a bit. <laughs> when the gospel goes out with good news about Jesus, Satan hates it. And so we need to remember our first thing. Don't chat about us, but about Christ. I liked what a man called Kent Hughes said about this. He said the antidote to the, to the, do you remember that veil of blindness that goes over? The antidote to that is lifting up Christ. Okay? If, if the veil of, of blindness, of darkness is over people, what, what's the answer? What's the, the antidote? Lift up Christ. See, the Spirit switches on the light in people's hearts. So let's, as a, as a church, as individuals, let's keep going with Jesus at the centre of all that we're doing. Sharing Christ, crucified, risen. That's the only way that the veil can be removed and people can see how wonderful Jesus is. I saw um, uh, a, friend, a friend of mine, a guy called Tom. Uh, he is involved in, in his church. There was a, a youth, youth club that was going to start meeting, a youth group in the church. And he wasn't running it. Someone else was, was in charge. And they said to us, that we'll have a, a youth club with all the stuff I mentioned earlier, table tennis and you know, all, that kind of, all that kind of thing. Uh, and they said, it's starting up. We're going to do a 10-minute God slot. I hope they didn't call it that. But anyway, they said we're going to do a 10-minute God slot as part of the evening. And uh, Tom asked the person running, he said, how did it go last night? You know, was it good? Did the kids like it? And the person, to his frustration, replied saying, no, it was good, but we're not going to do the slot about Jesus again uh, because it might put people off from coming back. And he had to have a poker face and deal graciously with that person. Their method was, look, it might put people off if we talk about Jesus. But actually what that person needed to know was actually that was the only way that the veil would be removed. That Jesus is held up. And if we're asking, why is Paul so confident? He's been battered and bruised in ministry. Well, hasn't this happened, that the veil's been removed in his life? Do you remember Acts chapter 9, the, the road to Damascus, where Paul, or Saul, became Paul? later on because the light from heaven flashed around him and do you remember we're told something like scales fell from Saul's eyes so that he could see again remember Saul before he became Paul he had been living in sin he had been persecuting Christians but God the Holy Spirit shone light into his life and into his heart and actually that experience is not just for Paul but actually any of us here who are trusting in Jesus, that's our story. Sure, it might not have been a Damascus Road kind of experience with, with all the, the gunner bells and, and lights like it was for him. But is that not our story? That we came from spiritual darkness to light? Or as a variation of a song we're going to sing in a minute, Amazing Grace, we were blind, but now we see. Friends, this ministry it is an amazing ministry that we're involved with it's pretty hard it's pretty hard at times we'll be tempted to give up but it is not a privilege to be involved with and so paul says to you and me don't lose heart 
keep going, even when it's hard. Keep sharing Christ. Keep holding out the gold of who Jesus is. And we might be amazed at the results. So pray, and I'll hand back over to, to Adam. Father, we forget how wonderful the gospel message about Jesus is. We take it for granted, perhaps we forget about it in our own lives, but I pray that we would see Jesus as being more precious than anything. But as we share this message, maybe even this week as we have opportunities to do that, help us to, to not lose heart. Help us not to mess with the message, but be honest. Help us to not be unaware of what Satan is up to. But also to be excited of, of what has happened in our lives could happen in others as the, the veil is removed and people see the wonder and glory of Christ. Help us to not lose heart and to keep going, not just in this week to come, but in all our days. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.